Praise the Lord. Thank you for watching KCHF TV Channel 11 out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. We're so blessed to come into your living rooms today by wherever you're watching. And we're just so honored that you would uh, support this ministry and continue to keep Channel 11 on the air. You know, it's a ministry that was birthed in the heart of God. And uh, together with our partnership, we are reaching souls for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You know, hundreds of inmates have been discipled through Second Man School of the Bible. It's a simple little resource that's a discipleship tool that we send to every prison in the state of New Mexico to those who would want to take the next steps of discipleship. If you have a loved one that is in prison or, you know, that's someone that is incarcerated and, and, and they're ready to be discipled and they're ready to begin the transformation process that Jesus offers uh, through, through discipleship and through knowing him, I want to invite you to enroll them on Second Man School of the Bible. You can go online to my website at danielariano.org and you could just fill out their name, their prison number, and wherever they are, in whatever state, we can send them discipleship material. You know, we're discipling men in prisons throughout the state of New Mexico. We have several in California and Corcoran, California that we're discipling. We have men in New Jersey, all the way up to Texas, Amarillo, Texas, and, and men in Colorado that are writing to us and they heard about our ministry through, through the radio or through a relative or through TV, uh, maybe through a, a prison sentence that they did in New Mexico and they got extradited. And uh, just uh, we're just so blessed that the Lord is using this ministry to uh, transform lives through the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. You know, my wife and I, our vision and our mission is to inspire people to become followers of Jesus Christ. We've been impassioned and mobilized by the Lord during this hour to bring salvation to prisoners. You know, and the Lord opened up this TV station for us to be able to reach even you in your home if you're watching. And if you are interested in taking your faith through Next Steps, you know, you can also go online and register and send us your name or call us or email us. And we would love to send you discipleship material. You know, if you would love to support this ministry, you could do it by visiting our website. You know, uh, uh, I calculated the cost of what it cost us monthly to, to, to disciple a man. Um, and what, when, when, when a man signs up or a woman signs up for discipleship from prison, from, from day one, from lesson one, all the way to lesson 36. And it's, it's the basic principles of the faith. And then we study theology. And when they get these lessons, they get a DVD with it uh, as far as a sermon or the, the curriculum that we offer to the local chaplains. By the time they graduate and receive a certificate of ministry from Second Man School of the Bible, it would have only cost us like $80 per inmate to disciple them. So if you imagine one life, one soul, you know, uh, and that's just postage. You know, that's just the postage. You know, I'm not talking about the printing and all the other stuff that takes place to, to uh, you know, to, to brand and to, and to send out the materials. You know, so if, if the Lord leads you, I'd ask you to plant a seed. You know, everything is in the harvest. And if you're believing for salvation for your family, maybe the Lord says, you know what, plant salvation. Plant a seed of salvation. Plant a a seed and allow the Lord to bring you back a harvest. I really do believe that we are a last day ministry. We are a last day ministry and the Lord is preparing his harvest. And so we're just so blessed for the open doors that God has opened to us. I want to take you and continue our lesson uh, that I entitled Cosmeo. 
It's a Greek word uh, that the Lord gave me. It's in the Strong's Dictionary. But when you look at the word cosmeo, it's taken from Matthew 25, verse 7. It says, Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Now, the Bible speaks of the virgins, and they are the church. And we know that trimming is the portion or the part of being ready, of being made ready, of being made watchful. And the Bible says that 10 virgins went out. All of them went out. All of them had the right intentions. All of them had the same goal. All of them had the same purpose, to meet the bridegroom. But not all of them kept their eyes on him. Not all of them trimmed their lamps. The Bible says that as the bridegroom delayed, they were sleeping and slumbering. Some slept and some slumbered. In other words, they grew weary in waiting. They grew weary in watching. They grew weary in waiting for the Lord. And I just want to encourage you today that if you've gone weary, that if you have said, you know what, Lord, I've slumbered and slept. Maybe you've gone through so much and maybe a sickness or an ailment or a financial hardship or a separation of a loved one or a divorce has just maybe sapped the joy and the energy out of your life. This morning, I want to say to you, trim your lamp and get into the presence of God and ask him, Lord God, refill my lamp with your precious oil. I'll tell you what, there's nothing that will make you more ready than longing for the oil of the Holy Spirit. You know, longing for the presence of the Lord in your heart will, will make you ready. You know, when you have the presence of the Lord in your life, when you have trimmed your lamp and you have made yourself ready, guess what? Others will begin to say, I want what that person has. I want their passion. I want their drive. You know, uh, sometimes they even say, you know, I want to do what they do. You know, I want to do what they do. I want to love people like they love people. I want to have compassion like they have compassion for people. I want to serve like they serve. And, you know, the Bible says that all these virgins went out to meet the bridegroom. And while the bridegroom delayed at coming, the Bible says when he did come, those that were asleep and those that slumbered were out of oil. They were out of oil because they had slept and slumbered. They didn't put in the work. They didn't make themselves ready. So this morning, I want to encourage you. Trim your lamp. Make yourself ready. Be ready. Get dressed for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And then we looked at Matthew 24, where Jesus is speaking to the disciples. In Matthew 24, 36, he says, But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. You know, the angels of heaven are waiting they know they got to deliver the saints back to the Lord, but they don't even know when they're coming. You know, a lot of us want plans and we want details. Maybe when you go out on vacation, you want to know where we're going to eat, what's the next stop, what's the next attraction. And so many of us live our lives like that, but the angels of heaven are on, on, on reserve. They're, they're, they're on wait. They're on hold waiting for that trumpet call of God so that they will be sent out. And the Bible says there's one thing that the Lord has not told us that we should know. And that is the day that he will come. But, you know, the church of Jesus Christ has always believed in an imminent return of Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm eventually getting to in this lesson through Cosmeo, is talking about the return of the Lord, the rapture of the church. You know, the Bible speaks of these virgins that went out to meet the bridegroom. 
And as the bridegroom delayed, they got busy. They got, you know, occupied. You know, when they slept and slumbered, it doesn't necessarily mean that they fell asleep. But they didn't remain watchful. That they didn't remain uh, ready. That they just got busy with life and busy with entertainment and busy going here and there and busy raising a family and busy. Sometimes we even get busy doing the things of God. And a lot of times God will, will always take us to that place of, of remembering him. You know, the, the, the Greek word cosmeo speaks of a person or a generation that is preparing themselves to meet the Lord, to preparing themselves to, to, to be caught up, to, to be ready. And, you know, there's something about the second coming of the Lord and, 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 and the rapture of the church that it teaches us to, to live our life watchful so that we would be ready for an imminent return of Jesus Christ. You know, a lot of preachers and pastors, and, and I don't criticize pre preachers and pastors, and, and, and you know, I, you know we, we ought to love one another and pray for one another and believe in one another. But I think so many times we, we get caught up in the signs and the seasons and, you know, watching this and he said that or she said that or that's the Antichrist or this is the mark of the beast or that's the mark of the beast. When we ought to be preaching an imminent return of Jesus Christ. The first century church believed that Jesus would come in their generation. Because Jesus said, I am coming at an hour you do not know. And I think that the church has lost that urgency. You know, we got too sophisticated with charts, seasons, and times, and prophetical calendars that we've treat the Bible as a mathematical equation trying to figure out a math problem when Jesus says, you know what, look up. I am coming at a moment and an hour that you do not know. And verse 37 of Matthew 24, he says, but as it was in the days of Noah, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. You know, uh, in another translation it says that there was carousing and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. But, you know, one of the greatest things that the Lord showed me about the days of Noah was people were mocking him. People were jeering him. Say, Noah, what are you doing building an ark? You know, um, a, a lot of people, you say, Pastor Danny, you know, what are you doing going to prison? You know, those guys have already sealed their fate. They've already sealed their destiny. You know, and, and, and casting doubt. And that's the generation of Noah is that they were mocking him. They were saying, Noah, you're building an ark and it hasn't even rained. But Noah, the Bible says, was diligently building his ark, putting his family together. And the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it was, so it will be in the coming, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. You know, I could just imagine Noah's neighbors mocking him. There was mocking going on. They were cheering him. Really, Noah? You're building an ark? We don't even know flood. We don't even know water. We don't even live by water. And the Bible says in verse 40, then two men will be in the field one will be taken and the other left. 
You know, we know that the ten virgins in Matthew 25 that went out to meet the bridegroom, all of them were in the same place. All of them were going out for the same expectation. All of them were going out with the same goal. All of them were going out. But five of them had to return back to the marketplace to get oil. And they were, late. They were left. And we know the Bible says that when the Son of Man comes, two men or two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Both of them doing the same thing. But not both of them receive the same outcome. You know, uh, you might be busy, 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 busy doing the work of the Lord, but you're not getting the outcome. And then he says, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Notice that. He didn't say, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour the Lord is coming. He says, no, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Is he your Lord? Now, Jesus asked the disciples, you know, who do people say that I am? Who do they say the Son of Man is? And some had the idea, well, they say you're a great teacher, and they say you're a great prophet, and you're this, and you're Elijah, and you're, you know, you, you must be John the Baptist. But Jesus turned around and says, but who do you say that I am? See, the Bible says, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Because, you know, the Bible says, uh, and I don't want to go too far ahead of myself, but if you continue reading, in Matthew 24, just prior to this, Jesus says, false Christ and false prophets will arise. And they will say, look, there he is, or he's out there, go over there. And there will be signs and wonders trying to deceive the people. Have you lost sight of your Lord? You know, the Lord that called you, that sanctified you, that washed you in the blood, the Lord that you surrendered your life to. When you came to know the Lord, you surrendered your life to him and you said, Lord, I'll serve you, I'll watch for you, I'll reach souls for you. And there is that temptation. We get distracted and we forget our Lord. Notice, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. If you're watching, if you're ready, if you're trimming your lights, if you got the presence of the Holy Spirit, you cannot be deceived. It doesn't matter who arises from the north or the west or the south or the east. If false Christs and false prophets arise doing great signs and wonders, you're going to know. You'll be able to tell because you'll be able to see it says, that's not my Lord. You know, uh, don't, don't, don't be fascinated with, you know, with, with, you know, what you see. You know, so many people are fascinated by what they see. But the Lord says, those who know me will do great exploits. You know, are you reaching people? If truly the Lord is the Lord of your life, you're, you're evangelizing, you're reaching people to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's the Lord that saved me. The Lord that saved me gave me a burden, gave me a desire, gave me a calling, gave me a purpose. And when you have found your calling, you found your purpose, and you know that God has put you in this hour for such a time as this, you will do everything to get people ready for their hour. 
Today is the day of salvation, Paul said. Today is the day of salvation. So going back to the days of Noah, there was a lot of mocking going on. There was a lot of, you know, I doubt it. <laughs> you're going to fail. You're going to mess up. You know, possibly, Noah, you know, you're just wasting your time, wasting your energy, getting up from before sunrise and staying up till sunset. All for what? Laboring for what? But Noah kept building. Noah kept building. Noah kept building. So Jesus says, watch therefore, for you do not know what the hour or what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allow his house to be broken into. Now, um, most guys that are arrested or burglarized, they're not going to go and burglarize a neighborhood where there's lights. They're not going to go and burglarize a home where there's activity. No, they wait for the lights out. They're watching. You know, the thief watches. You know, who's coming in, who's going out. They, they, they notice where you leave your belongings. They know where you park your car. They know when you're home and where you're not. And they're looking for you. They're watching. So, so when you least expect it, and you say, well, it was just there. I just walked in and I walked out. And, and something went missing. And, and, you know, the thief always knows. They're always watching. And, and the Bible says that that day or the hour will come as a thief. Notice that. And the Bible says if, if that person had known his master was coming, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. You know, Jesus is coming for a church that has made itself ready. He's coming as a thief in the night. And when he speaks of our lights being on, he's talking about the presence and the infilling of the Holy Spirit in our life. You know, um, some of us have gotten comfortable with lights out. Lights out. And as we've turned down the lights, we got comfortable slumber, we sleep, and we don't have our eyes looking for our redemption. We don't have our eyes on our Lord. You know, we ought to be saying, Lord, is this your work? Lord, what are you calling me to do? What soul? Or where can I go to reach souls for the kingdom of God? And then verse 44, he says, therefore, you also be ready. You also be Cosmeo. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. You know, you don't want Jesus to come like that thief at an hour you do not expect. Because he will come, the Bible says, as a thief comes in the night. When people are least expecting, that's when Jesus Christ is going to come. We might see the signs, and we might see the pestilences, and we might be the, see the shortages, and we might see all the chaos that's going on in the world. And it seems like a government politics and politicians and you know even people might want your eyes fixated on them watch what we're doing listen to what we're saying we know what everybody's saying we know what senator who and she said and we know what governor said and we know what this mayor said and we know what that president said or this vice president said and we're watching them and we're looking at them and we've forgotten that we need to be watching our Lord now I'm not saying not to understand the times of the season which we live in. 
because there's some things that we must need to address. But the most important thing is the salvation of souls, is the equipping of the body of Christ, the evangelizing of the lost. You know, um, there's three things I want to leave you with that I've wrote in the margins of my Bible. And this is going to be sort of my mission for the rest of my life. Exalt the Savior. Evangelize the lost. And equip the church. And those are three ingredients that every ministry should have. That every person should have. To exalt the Savior. Because if you're exalting the Savior, if you're exalting your Lord, you're not going to be deceived. And equipping people. In Ephesians chapter 5, the Bible says, It is he who gave some to be prophets, apostles, pastors, and teachers, and evangelists to equip the body of Christ for the work of ministry. You know, so we ought to be exalting the Savior, uh, equipping the saints, and evangelizing the lost. Evangelizing the lost. Notice, and all these three components we have right here. Right? Noah was exalting the Lord. Lord, you gave me a word. I'm exalting you. I'm exalting you. And then he began to equip his family. He began to, you know, he didn't build the boat on his own. He began to show his sons, this is how you use a hammer. This is how you use a saw. And, and they went up and got the timber and they came down and, and he was equipping them, putting things in order. And he did evangelize. And he didn't win very many souls. The Bible says that Noah won eight souls. There's a passage that comes to mind in the book of Kings one of the prophets came to the king. He says, you seek great things for yourself, seek them not. You know, yeah, I would love to see hundreds of thousands come to the Lord. But there's eight. Who are your eight? Who are your eight? Who are your eight? You know, Noah did the work of the Lord. He exalted the Savior. He equipped his family for the work of the ministry that God had called him to do. And he evangelized the lost. He evangelized his own children. That ought to say something. Therefore, you also be ready, for you do not know when the Son of Man is coming. Now, the hope is that he is coming, and that the Bible says when he sends out his angels to gather his elect, the Bible says that we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And I just want to remind you that Jesus Christ is coming. And the Bible says that we will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. Just as Noah was caught up from his culture. you know. But don't get caught up in the culture. I want to be caught up with the Lord. and You need to break your ties with the culture and the world, the sins of the flesh, the pride of life. Because all these things will pass away, the Bible says. But he who does... The will of the Lord, he who does these things will live forever. And Jesus Christ is coming at an hour we do not know. So why doesn't he come today, you may say. Lord, I wish you would come. Lord, some of us are praying for the coming of the Lord. And one of the things that we're going to learn in the future is one of the last prayers in the Bible is, Oh, Lord, come. Maranatha. That's one of the last prayers. Oh, Lord, come. And he will come. But not until this gospel is preached to all nations to all tongues, and to all people. You have a people to reach. You have a tongue to reach. You have a nation to reach. Jesus told the disciples, when my spirit comes upon you, 
you will be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria and Jerusalem and to the uttermost parts of the world. The Holy Spirit upon you, you know, the evidence is that you're making disciples, that the Holy Spirit has empowered you and you're going out to reach people throughout the, throughout the earth. I thank God for this TV station that enables us to go into the prisons, to go into your living room today, to say, get up, awake, get up from your sleeping slumber and arise and exalt the Savior. Equip your life and equip people for the coming of Jesus Christ and evangelize the lost. You say, Pastor, I've been saved all my life, but I don't know where to begin. I have a tool, I have a resource. It's called Second Man School of the Bible or Next Steps, as some churches call it. And we'll send you the material so you can have a Bible study in your home. We'll send you the, the lesson so that you can reach the lost and, and begin to build the church in your home or in your family. We'll send it to you. I want to close with this verse in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. You know, there's a, pro a proverb in one of the modern translations. It says, the slacker says. You know, in, in Matthew, where the Bible talks about the, the, the ten virgins, they slept and slumbered. You know, our generation would say they, they, they slacked off. Don't be a slacker. You know, um, the kids go around talking slang. They say, don't slack off. Don't be a slacker. The Bible says the Lord is not slack. In other words, he's not slow concerning his promise. But as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord is long-suffering. That long-suffering speaks of the patience of God. The Bible says that it is the patience of God that leads us to repentance. God's been patient with you. He's been patient with your son, with your daughter, and he's not slack concerning his promise. Lord, why don't you save my children? Lord, why don't you rescue and save my husband? Why don't you bring salvation to, the, to, to Albuquerque, to Española, to Santa Fe, to Grants, to Gallup, to Farmington, to Taos? The Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slowness, but is patient with us, not wanting any one of us to perish, but that all to come to repentance. And today I say, today is your day of repentance. Today is your day of salvation. Simply say, Jesus, be my Lord, and let me be watchful for you. Praise the Lord.